Viewmasters. It's the podcast that we do. Viewmasters. Talk about movies that we view. Viewmasters. My friend Eric and me, Joe. Viewmasters. Hey, let's start the show. Hello. Welcome to the Viewmasters, episode 276, The Witches of Eastwick. My name is Joe. My name is Eric. Hello, Eric. Hello, Joe. How are you? Uh, A minus. All right. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah. How are you doing, sir? Uh, this is a solid C plus. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it happens. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> Uh, well, I hope, uh, I hope that's not your rating for this movie. <laughs> I don't, I, you know, I don't know what my rating for this movie is yet. <laughs> uh, ratings like that for movies is, it's weird. Yeah. Like, yeah, like I'm I don't on, know. I'm, I'm on Letterboxd and, uh, I mean, I rate all the movies that I watch or whatever on it, but, uh. You know, it's out of a... It's a five-star system. So, you know, I think, like, three should be, like, you know, above average. Sure. Uh, and then, you know, anything, you know, around that is, you know, give or take, whatever, you know? Yeah. Uh, but, like, man, I see so many people giving, like, five stars to just some of the shittiest movies. <laughs> and, like, I just... I don't understand. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I, I I recently set up an account with IMDb. Uh, I think mm-hmm. so that I could edit your uh, your IMDb trivia <laughs> about having coined the term <laughs> "turf" about J.K. Rowling back in the nineties, um, and edit that they did not accept. By the way, IMDb. Um, sorry, it's I'm sorry for you. You're not getting the credit you deserve. <laughs> But but now anytime I, I look at a movie's page, it asks me to rate it yeah. uh, on like a ten a ten star scale. Right, uh, which is crazy. Which is crazy, yeah. Um <laughs> so like yeah, I, I, I've I've only rated a few movies and I tend to only look at the ones that I like. Right. Uh, if I'm interested in finding out more about them. But like sure. Like how I, I I don't imagine a scenario in which like maybe I would give like Zodiac ten stars because <laughs> it's like my favorite movie and I think it's perfect. But I can't imagine right. a scenario otherwise where I think like any movie would ever get a perfect score, right? Uh, like that's how I sort of approach the Letterboxed, uh, which you know yeah I've. I've never given anything five stars because that would imply that it is a perfect movie. Yeah. And even movies that I absolutely 100% love with all my heart, I I just can't because I know that it's not perfect. Right. Yeah. I guess know, I, should, I should take that back about Zodiac. Zodiac has flaws. Yeah. I mean, I don't like it, but... I know. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> uh, you know, that's actually the one Fincher movie that I think about going back to sometime and uh, like maybe giving it another shot. Yeah. 
Uh, like, he's got, like, the four that I know that I absolutely like. And then, you know, it, it drifts from there. But uh, Zodiac is the one that I think about quite a bit, whether whether I, I misjudged it or not. Interesting. Yeah. All right. I'll keep that in mind. Okay. <laughs> Just... <laughs> Not a challenge, but <laughs> no, no, I know. <laughs> so the four, the four that you like, uh, seven, uh-huh. uh, Fight Club, yep, uh, Alien Three. <laughs> I do like that one actually. And Panic Room. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's four, I guess. I, yeah, what, yeah, what are the four. what are the four for you? Uh, like, I, it's weird because I do not even consider Alien 3 as David Venture <laughs> And And honestly, it's just, like, when I think about the Alien franchise in general, like, I don't think about them as being, like, directed by auteurs. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> even though the majority of them are. <laughs> I mean, you got really Scott, James Cameron, Fincher, and, uh, uh, Jeannot. Right. Uh, who who all do amazing work, you know, you know, uh, you can discount Alien Resurrection, but... <laughs> uh, I mean, th- but... that was that was because they wildly inter- misinterpreted Joss Whedon's script for it. <laughs> sure. It was really supposed <laughs> to be a comedy. Oh, okay, I get it. I no. don't know, some bullshit. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? I don't hate that movie either. Yeah. I I kind of enjoy all of the Alien movies to to one extent or the other, but, like, I just... It's the Alien franchise, you know? I don't think about, like, the people that made it. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, Whereas, like, Fincher's other movies, like, all those directors, their other movies, I was like, yeah, those are those guys' movies. Yeah. Uh, but with Fincher, it's, uh, yeah, Seven, Fight Club, uh, Panic Room, and uh, The Game. Uh, the Game. I always forget about The Game. A lot of people forget about The Game. I've yeah. even forgotten about The Game before. <laughs> but it's great. I think that's I, do... I, I think that's one I've only seen once. Mm. But I did really I, I, like it. Yeah, it's, it's... I genuinely really, really like that movie. Uh, but, yeah, like... I keep thinking, you know, sometimes when I think about Fincher, which happens, you know, <laughs> I'm like, no, oh, there's one I'm missing, right? Uh, and like, I have to look up IMDb and, uh, oh yeah, the game. <laughs> uh, uh, anyway. Yeah. Speaking about tours. Yes. Well, well done. Thank you. I was like, there's going to be, a, there's going to be a way to segue into this, but I'm not sure what it is. And you found it. So well done, <laughs> yes. sir. Uh, speaking of auteurs and near-perfect movies, uh, George Miller directed yeah. The Witches of Eastwick. Yes, he did. Uh, Which I don't think is a near-perfect movie. No, I assume you're. Not a I assume you're movie. referring to Mad Max Fury Road. Yes, I am. Okay. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so I, I think a lot of the uniqueness of this movie comes from the fact that this was his first American film. Right. Uh, working for a studio. Uh, prior to this, he had only directed three Mad Max movies. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I didn't realize, I knew it was his first uh, first American film. I didn't realize that it was his first non-Mad Max movie. <laughs> That's really interesting. <clears throat> 
Uh, there is, uh, I, whether you want to count it or not, so, you know, that's up to you, but uh, he did direct a segment in Twilight Zone, the movie. Oh, uh, right. Just before uh, Beyond Thunderdome, uh, which is, he did the uh, John Lithgow uh, version of the Nightmare at 20,000 Feet. Right. <clears throat> which is, you know, the classic William Shatner episode with the gremlin on the plane. Yeah. Uh, but other than that, you know, like, yeah, three Mad Max movies and then this. That's amazing. Uh, and then, of course, you know, like 25, 30 years before he does another Mad Max movie. Right. <laughs> you got a babe uh, in there. He he does have a babe in there, which, which uh, he bought the rights to babe. Uh, because he loved the book so much, uh, but then like had sort of like a, a protege direct it, uh, okay. but they came to blows <laughs> over <laughs> the movie, and like this protege was getting like all the credits, so where George Miller was like, "Well, no," <laughs> <laughs> and so insisted on making a sequel that he himself would direct. That's amazing. <laughs> Which is Babe Pig in the City, of course. Right, right. Uh, he also directed between uh, Witches of Eastwick and uh, Babe Pig in the City, he directed Lorenzo's Oil. Okay. I've uh, never with, seen uh, that. Nick Nolte. Yeah. I have not either, but I, I remember it, you know, like being advertised when I was a kid or whatever. Yeah, because uh, it's it's based on a, a true story. Um, and then he did two Happy Feet movies. I was gonna say I thought he did Happy Feet as well. Yep. <laughs> what a weird filmography. Super weird. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, he's just you know he's going wherever he wants. He's doing whatever he wants to do. That's kind of cool, right? I mean, you know, God bless him, and, and you know, part of it, like, I mean, he. Like, he generally, you know, wanted to direct these other movies, but, you know, part of it was also, you know, it was like, well, if I keep doing this, then they'll let me make another Mad Max movie. Yeah. <laughs> Which they eventually did. And and that was a whole thing unto itself, but... Right. You know, uh, rife with problems and whatnot. It's uh, funny, I actually, I, I was catching up on uh, Unspooled this week, and I, like... The day after, so I watched I watched Witches of Eastwick on Tuesday, mm-hmm. uh, and then on Wednesday I happened to listen to the episode of Unspooled about Fury Road. So oh, wow. it's like G- George Miller's just been on my brain this week. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm not gonna lie. Uh, I, I listen to the Blank Pod che- Blank Check podcast a lot, uh, and I about a week. Two weeks ago, I finished up their run of George Miller movies. Okay, uh, where where they did his uh, filmography. Uh, so so he has also been on my mind a lot, uh, and and based on them discussing Witches of Eastwick, that put it in the forefront of my mind as well as like I really want to rewatch all the Mad Max movies. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I've still only I've only ever seen Fury Road. Uh, I, I, yeah, don't, seen... I don't imagine a scenario in which I'll go back and watch the other ones just because I generally dislike Mel Gibson. It, it's it's uh, it's a hurdle 
you know, especially nowadays. Yeah. Uh, but you know, uh, I've, I've actually never seen road warrior. Uh, but, but I have seen Mad Max and I have seen beyond Thunderdome and they're good. You know, <laughs> he, yeah. he's good in them. And, and George Miller is clearly a really good director. Uh, so, you know, if you, if you can get over that, you know, I, I would say give them a shot. All right. You know, Beyond Thunderdome has it, Tina Turner's in it. Right. You, you like <laughs> Tina Turner. Um, who doesn't? Exactly. <laughs> what does love got to do with it? I don't know still. <laughs> Someday I'll find out. Maybe the answer is in Beyond, is in Beyond Thunderdome. I don't know. Perhaps. Uh, you know, if you, if you ever do find out, please, uh, let the rest of us know. I definitely will. Yes. I will be sure to tweet it to everyone. Uh, the witches of Eastwick. Yeah. This is a weird fucking movie. It really is. Uh, so, so, you know, like, like aside from the George Miller of it at all, the, the one thing I kept thinking about throughout was that this feels like a Tim Burton movie that he never got to make. It 100% does. Yeah. I actually, I, I looked, I, uh, crap. Now I don't remember. I looked to see, cause like there are such Beetlejuice vibes in this movie that From like, frame I, I was one. like, yeah. And I was like, did they, did they make this in response to Beetlejuice? But I think, did this come out before Beetlejuice? This does indeed. Uh, it was also based on a novel, uh, by, right. by John Updike, uh, which, which I've never read, uh, and have never really heard much good about it. Yeah. Um, and then I know that Updike wrote a sequel like 10 years ago. Yeah. I, th- I read that as well. Yeah. I read, um, I read, I read that he did that. I did not read the book. Yes. I, I understood what you meant. Yeah. And if, if, <laughs> if, the it, listener if they didn't... haven't made a comic of it, I haven't read it. So <laughs> I'm sure it's in the works, right? I'm, it has to be. <laughs> Once Ryan North gets through the rest of uh, Kurt Vonnegut's catalog, I'm sure he'll get right on that. Sure. Uh, but yeah, like, like from, from frame one, like the overhead shot of like the town of Eastwick, it's like this 100% reminds me of Beetlejuice. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, just, just things kept happening. The aesthetics of it, uh, uh, Daryl's mansion even, uh, just reminds me of, of stuff from early Tim Burton. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, I believe this did come out before Beetlejuice, but I mean, Pee Wee's Big Adventure was before this as well, so. That's true, yeah. Uh, so, so yeah, it's it's hard to, uh, hard to figure out who influenced who, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, I, so, I, you know what's weird is I listen to, uh, you listen to You Must Remember This, right? Or, or you uh, have in the past? Uh, no. 
No, okay. Maybe maybe I don't I don't know what I'm thinking of then. But yeah, there was a whole season of the You Must Remember This podcast dedicated to Polly Platt. And okay. she she did the the production design for this movie like that like I saw her name in the credits and I was like hey I listened to a podcast about her I don't remember anything from it but I listened to a podcast <laughs> about her yeah, it's so it's like, hard to it, remember but, podcasts <laughs> it is yeah you know I'm doing other stuff usually while I have them on so yeah no. but um but like you know she she was active for you know a long time so I wonder if if you know Burton maybe was influenced by her uh before you know he started making his own movies uh right. and then you know, obviously she worked on this one so I don't know just a just just some baseless speculation on my part no <laughs> well, you know that's fair and I mean uh when you look at everything that George Miller did up to this point you know which is you know Mad Max which has a very distinct aesthetic <laughs> You know, it's post-apocalyptic desert, uh, you know, and has a very unique look. Uh, you know, you could look at this and say, well, he's just trying to do something different. Yeah. Uh, you know, and felt like, you know, I know Burton was, you know, inspired by, by German expressionist cinema of, you know, like the, the silent era. And, you know, maybe Miller sort of took some cues from it as well. You know, it's, yeah, it's that hard could to say. be. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, like just the the look of the town, and the like the colors are so vibrant, mm-hmm. like the greens and the blue sky. It's it's a beautiful movie. Absolutely, it's just fucking bizarre. <laughs> oh, super weird. <laughs> uh, but what I you know I also think something that kind of always works is weird shit in a small bucolic town <laughs> yeah you know and like like twin peaks this you know beetlejuice is definitely that as well yeah. edward scissorhands uh that juxtaposition uh i i think is something that Okay, I don't know if it always works, but it is definitely something that always appeals to me. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and this has that in spades, although we get very little of the town, but but what we do get is, you know, enough. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> yeah, like, like the, there, there are not many scenes that are of characters other than the three, the three, uh, titular witches. Yes. And Jack Nicholson. Um, but like the, the scenes were there out particularly after, uh, Nicholson's arrival and the, the women sort of becoming bewitched by him. Mm -hmm. Um, like the, there's the scene where Susan Sarandon's in the grocery store in particular, just stuck with me really hard. Cause, yeah, yeah. Because it's like, you know, she she's not doing anything weird, but everybody is being super weird to her, right? And and it tells you a lot about you know this sort of conservative little town, and even even like the um, oh I I forget her name the the lady who the the wife of the I guess the owner of the newspaper or the editor in chief of the newspaper, yeah, um, played by Richard Jenkins. Yes, yeah. Um, but, uh, but 
but yeah, yeah his, Felicia his wife, is her name. Felicia, thank you. Yes, by Felicia, that's what I thought the whole time. Every time yep. I saw her, um, <laughs> but yeah, like her getting up in arms about the the selling of the the castle, um, and just like the you know, I, I get being upset about you know the uh, the birds that are going to go extinct or whatever. It's their their habitat, but I don't know. It just it just struck me as like this is a very conservative area in general. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there, there, there's, you know, like you said, not a ton that we know about the town, but I feel like it's, it still makes an impression just from the little bit that we do get. Uh, and, and, you know, not, not to defend the the point of view of the townspeople, uh, cause they are very small minded and, you know, admittedly we are talking about, you know, uh, the devil moving into town, Sure, Uh, but uh, Susan Sarandon, her her character, uh, whose name I cannot remember now. Oh god, uh, I don't remember any of the characters' names. <laughs> uh, Cher plays Alexandra. Okay. Um, and that is it. <laughs> I cannot <laughs> I remember Michelle Pfeiffer's name or or uh, Susan Sarandon's name. I keep wanting to call Jack Nicholson Pete Van Horn, but I know that's not. It's Daryl Van something. It's Daryl Van Horn. Daryl Van Horn. Okay. Yep. <laughs> um, but but uh, Susan Sarandon's character, I think, undergoes the most drastic change of all the three lead women. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Good, because she starts out very mousy. Uh, she she's uh, the music teacher, uh, who who was also getting sexually harassed by the principal. Yes. Walter uh, Neff. By, yep. <laughs> that I that, <laughs> remember that, his name. That's real weird. Okay, why? Because that's the that's the name of the lead character in Double Indemnity. Oh, it's okay. Walter Neff. <laughs> Very strange to me. All right. <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, you could kind of put a correlation. Uh, I I can't remember the actress uh, from Double Indemnity, but I remember. Like her being made up in that movie to be sort of kind of like a trashy rich person kind of thing. Yeah, is it, I think Barbara hey, Stanwyck is in that one. Yeah, yeah, and you know you can kind of look at that and then see that to you know apply that to uh, our our three ladies in this movie uh, when when they become you know housemates with the devil right yeah i guess i can sort of see that yeah uh at least you know until they they all have uh second thoughts about uh him uh but you know uh yeah the 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 town just uh, does not accept a a, uh non-traditional relationship and that's pretty small-minded yeah or or even uh you know sexually liberated susan sarandon apparently right yeah <laughs> so i looked up the characters names okay uh so share share's name is alexander you're right uh susan's name is jane spofford okay uh, and then michelle pfeiffer's name is suki ridgemont so suki yes how could i forget suki i don't know because <laughs> <laughs> that's uh the the lead that's uh, anna paquin's character from uh, true blood as well oh right and uh, plus, it's a weird fucking name, and it is a weird uh, you name. feel like that should uh, stick out to you, right? 
uh yeah this is i mean you know i really enjoyed this movie it's it's not great (laughs) (laughs) but it's fun yeah Uh, made me laugh uh you know i kind of flinched once or twice in it it's not you know i picked it because uh by the time this episode comes out will be the week before halloween so I just figured it'd be, you know, seasonably appropriate. Yeah. Uh, but it's definitely not a horror movie, per se. Uh, there, there is a lot of uh, vomiting in it. Yeah, I did not care for that. <laughs> yeah, no, that's not great. <laughs> so, so Jenny had seen this movie, uh, and she actually watched it with me uh, on, on Tuesday evening. And uh, she... She was out of the room as the scene started with Felicia vomiting, mm-hmm. but but uh, as I, I was hiding my face from the screen, uh, I looked over and she was filming me, and, and when the scene was over, she was like, I, I hurried back in here so that I could see your reaction to that, to that scene. So somewhere there is video of me hiding from... From vomiting Veronica Cartwright. Oh, uh, that's fantastic. You know what? I did the same thing. So, uh, but but nobody was here to film me. So I'm sorry. No, it's you, fine. That's that's true. I guess you you got off better than I did. Uh huh. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I'm uh I'm not a fan of on screen vomiting. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, I felt like this one was uh particularly extra gross it was yeah it was it was realistic in a way that i don't care for on screen (laughs) uh yeah it was it was uh there's chunks it's 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 not good there's a lot of dramatic saliva yeah involves it's uh no no thank you (laughs) gross yep uh yeah, uh, but, 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 um, I'm an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> so here's a, here's a question. <clears throat> um, do they ever come right, I, they never come right out and say that Jack Nicholson is the devil, do they? <laughs> Not really, no. Like, I, I feel like you could watch this movie with the interpretation that the three women like conjured this person into existence because yeah. like because the, they're you know the the way that he enters you know they're they're sitting around and talking and and they've never like they're never specifically identified as witches either like they talk about the traditional uh traditionally how people came to be labeled as witches right but like we're not given any reason to believe that they have magic powers no, and they they don't truly exhibit any until like the last twenty minutes or so of this movie, right? Uh, which uh, I'm I'm just gonna go ahead and say this about the last twenty minutes. It is batshit delightful. <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> I I loved the ending of the movie. <laughs> like um, once it it really just leans in. Yep, to its craziness. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like like they don't explicitly 
do anything magical. Like, like there's the, the hint at the beginning when all three of them sort of talk about how they wished it would rain. Yeah. Uh, and then that leads to them talking about their, their so-called perfect man. Uh, who, you know, yeah, uh, I think you make a good point that it easily could just be that they conjured him. Uh, but also, you know, if you're going to conjure the perfect man, really Jack Nicholson, <laughs> like, like 50 year old Jack Nicholson. <laughs> yeah. Ten, 10 years older than, uh, than Susan Sarandon and Cher and 20 years older than Michelle Pfeiffer. <laughs> yep. <laughs> with a with a shitty little ponytail. Oh man, when I saw the ponytail, that <laughs> drove me nuts. <laughs> yep. <laughs> like like I mean, even in 1988, was that really a thing? Yeah, 87, <laughs> I, I guess, when this movie was made. It's it's basically a man bun, but it's it, horrible. <laughs> yeah, no, it's 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 bad. <laughs> Uh, but, you know, I guess it, it's also, you know, for the ending, you know, when Jack Nicholson goes full Jack Nicholson, uh, and he's got the crazy hair and everything, and, you know, I guess it's, it's a good contrast to that. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so this is basically Jack Nicholson doing a prototype Joker. Yeah, I, I could see a lot of the Joker in his performance in, in this movie. <laughs> Like they're, they're during the the scene, like the first scene that he has with Cher, um, I I he just he laughs at one point and just looks. It, it's, he's just the Joker at that point. Yeah, yeah it, it was yeah. weird. <laughs> like I could see I could see them casting him after watching this movie, right? Uh, <clears throat> yeah, I. I I, I don't know where to where to go. What to talk about here? <laughs> um, well, no, we were on the track of like them just not really explicitly exhibiting powers or anything like that, right? Uh, and, and 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 even like like Jack doesn't necessarily like I guess the 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 peach pit thing, uh, but that's like that's not. I, I didn't even feel like that was something that he was doing. Like that was, you know, he was, he was feeding them cherries. And then as they were eating them, the, and, and getting rid of the pits is when, you know, when Felicia starts to, to vomit them, vomit them right. up. Yeah. So like, yeah, I, I, I feel like, I feel like you could watch the movie with the, the interpretation that like, like almost a weird science-y kind of thing. A little bit, like they, yeah. they invented this guy that they thought would be the perfect man, and then he ended up not being, and and hilarity ensues. Right. Uh, but also, you know, it's it's definitely... Like, magic is involved. This is a movie about the supernatural. You can't right. deny that. Uh, but, but it's not... I, I feel... I don't know. Maybe it's just because we... You and I, at least... Uh, are, are so used to comics where, you know, I mean, not even just comics, but like other TV shows or movies that involve magic. There's usually like hand waving and, you know, Latin being spoken. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, but, but there's none of that here. Like nobody is like given Dr. Strange, you know, 
finger signals, you know. <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the closest <laughs> we get to that is that last 30 minutes where they, they like, not, like, they don't encant a spell or anything, but they, like, make a potion and... <laughs> and right, make, a, yeah. make the the doll of of jack nicholson and and are controlling him yeah like that's the closest we get to to what i traditionally think of when i think of witches right which you know is a thing that i i definitely appreciate yeah uh, you know uh just to go off on a small tangent about the, the portrayal of magic or whatever uh you know you joe know that i eric am a big fan of john constantine the hellblazer right uh, in, in comic form uh and yet you know like he he had his own movie and and a tv show and and he is a regular now on on the the legends of tomorrow and, and my biggest issue with his portrayal and those things is that he does do like the hand waving bullshit thing yeah (laughs) he's a traditional magician yeah glowy sigils you know popping out of his hands and shit and i hate it (laughs) because in the (laughs) comics he doesn't do that kind of thing you know it's just all i mean i don't want to say grounded in reality but but grounded uh and portrayed in in a more realistic manner than you know and i get that that's also not showy for you know uh, a visual moving format but uh i i appreciate when magic is presented in that sort of low-key manner gotcha uh and and there's a, a movie that i it's it's one of those on letterbox that i gave like a 4.5 like, like it comes fucking close to being perfect. Uh, it's, uh, it's called a dark song, uh, and it's honestly, like, it's what I would imagine like an actual faithful adaptation of like a Hellblazer story would be. Okay. Uh, but but it is like this dark, dark drama about a woman who hires a magician to help her like make a spell to get revenge over the people who killed her child. Uh, oh, wow. and it is a very slow burn kind of movie, uh, but the magic is all portrayed very ritualistically, but also very quiet and, and low key and, and grounded in, a, in some sort of reality. Uh, okay. and it is fantastic. I, it's a bummer of a movie, but I could not <laughs> recommend it more. <laughs> a, a movie about a um, woman with a dead child is a bummer of a movie, really? I know, crazy, right? <laughs> I can't imagine. <laughs> no, that sounds I really mean, interesting. You know, I mean, sure, you could think about all the wacky comedies about women with dead children, but <laughs> right. You know. <laughs> oh uh, boy anywho <laughs> yeah uh, so yeah i you know it, i i feel like the story the story of the movie is fairly straightforward yeah uh it's just uh some crazy stuff happens it like i said it looks awesome um i like 
I fully bought into the weirdness of the movie. Mm-hmm. It's it's just it's just very weird. <laughs> it is. It, it's it's super weird, and uh, it's definitely it's an actor showcase. Yeah, uh, particularly for Nicholson. Um, I mean, I cannot say for sure, but this might be like the first time that he got to be that big, crazy character. Okay. Like, like he's portrayed big characters before, you know, like, like one flew over the cuckoo's nest, but even that has, you know, a, a humanity to it. But this is just him being cartoon Jack Nicholson. <laughs> right. Uh, which, which does lead perfectly into him being the Joker, but then that's also something that I feel like he coasted on for a while afterwards. <laughs> yeah. Uh, w- which always enjoyable uh but you know it, it's it's you know just just uh i mean again i don't know for sure maybe he did have other crazy weird performances before that. like i mean i know he was in the original little shop of horrors right uh, <clears throat> but you know even, even that was still i mean that was him young you know one of his first roles so who knows but you know uh, what but, we're but not him thinking. him as a movie star. Yeah, you know Go what ahead. we're not thinking of right now is The Shining. Yeah, yeah, okay. Like, but, right. but but yeah, even but... even that is a more a more subdued lunatic it's than also, what he's doing in this movie. He starts out base level. That's and true. Then just cranks it up. <laughs> Right. Uh, whereas, you know, this is him pretty much, like, he goes high octane to higher octane. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, he, I mean, he's, yeah, he, he is enjoyable to watch. Yes. It's a, it's a lot, but I liked it. <laughs> yes, it is. Like, you know, the hair, the, the fashion, all of it is just, uh. Uh, it's hammy, but but it's good ham. Yeah. Uh, but but then even like you know uh, Susan Sarandon, I think does a fantastic fucking job in this movie. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, but again, she's also the one that has like the biggest transformation from her original circumstances to you know her being in love with the devil. Right. <laughs> uh, the other two. Uh, like Cher stays pretty much the same. I feel. Like I think from, so. From, yeah, yeah, and and not to say that she's bad either. Like like she does great. You know, uh, uh, that scene where he uh, initially seduces her, I think, is great. Yeah, her uh, little monologue. Yeah, uh, and then when when he because he is just going for it and just being crude and weird uh and she's like not having any of it but then when she when he starts talking to her and it's just a close-up of her and she starts crying yeah uh like that's it's super subtle but it's a great performance yeah absolutely Uh, but but you know she stays you know at that level throughout the entire movie, whereas, you know, Susan Sarandon goes to go kind of big at times. 
Yeah. Uh, and Michelle Pfeiffer is... She's fine. <laughs> yeah, she doesn't have a ton to do. <laughs> yeah. She shows uh, up and she's pretty. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's it's weird to think. I mean, she's been in other movies before this, but, but you know, she is, like, 28 <laughs> in <Yeah>. this movie. <laughs> With, like, 17 kids? I wasn't... I, quite sure <laughs> how that was working out but six or seven i think there were a, a, an abundance it was too many yeah uh-huh. i like that that was that was her the character's defining trait is that she gets pregnant <laughs> i did yeah, appreciate that uh but then also you know richard jenkins in a small early role but uh you know looking exactly the same you know just with some more hair (laughs) not not all of his hair but some more than he usually has yeah uh but but you know the man was 40 years old in this movie and uh still looks exactly the same now 30 years later yeah that's that's good i think yeah, Good yeah for sure, you know, but but you know, he's he's like one of those people that was just born middle aged, <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then yeah, Veronica Cartwright. I, I think she's great. Yeah, no, I think uh, everybody's she, great in it. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, Michelle Pfeiffer is fine. Well, yeah, all right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Again, she didn't uh, have a ton to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and uh. Carol Struken is also uh, just fine. Yeah, well, I mean, he also, I mean, he has no lines. He has none whatsoever. <laughs> he does his thing, which delights me, always. <laughs> uh, I mean, that gum you like is going to come back in style someday. <laughs> I'm waiting. I am waiting. Oh, what a career that guy has had, right? Right, yeah. We we um we watched Men in Black a couple weeks ago. Uh just it was on TV and I had forgotten that he's in that. And I was like, "Hey, it's the Giants." <laughs> like I I feel like that's just that's what I do when I see him. Yeah, yeah. But it's always a pleasure. Sure. Uh He was in He was in Gerald's game, right? We we talked about him a little bit then, right? I think he was, yeah. Yeah, okay. Just, just trying to remember. Yeah. Uh yeah, he's he's fine. He's totally fine. He, uh, <laughs> his character is Fidel. Uh yes. he has no lines and apparently has a huge cock. So Yeah. Yeah. Good for him. <laughs> which which we fortunately never see. <laughs> uh you know, for a movie that is also kind of explicitly very sexual there is no sex in this movie yeah yeah it's all it's all off screen like we we never even really see the implication of it right uh but yeah yeah it's it's weird it's a weird one uh but but i enjoyed the hell out of it for sure yeah yeah i i i considered watching it again um which i don't typically do Right. Uh, with with the movies that we watch, so I feel like that's a good sign. Like it, it seems like a, a a good mood movie that I would put on just while I'm maybe doing other things, but that yeah. I would enjoy having on. Uh, it, it's funny. It's it's charming. 
and yeah, it's just it's got a good vibe to it overall. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's it's it's. And, and you know, if you're nerdy like us and you think about it, you know, against the the rest of the movie and Miller's filmography, you know, it's it's definitely a standout. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, I know that he, he did have some issues with the studio working on this movie, and that's kind of why it's the only studio movie he ever made. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, but apparently uh, Jack Nicholson took a real liking to him and, and sort of uh, protected him and, and went to bat for him whenever like the producers wanted to, you know, basically force his hand at things. So That's awesome. Uh, Nicholson, you know, made sure that he got to make the movie that he wanted to make as much as he nice. could. So, yeah. Very cool. It's good to have yeah, Nick- yeah, Nicholson seems like, I know he did a lot of stuff early in his career, just like supporting independent filmmakers right. and like financing movies and stuff like that. So that's, that's, that's cool to hear. I'm glad he did that. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> he hasn't made a movie, I think, since The Departed. I think you're right. Uh, which was, what, mid-2000s? I can't remember. Yeah, like two, 2004, 2005, maybe. Yeah. Uh, we just watched know, that recently. Oh, yeah? How's the hold up? Uh, I didn't care for it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, uh, another in the Toxic Masculinity <clears throat> series. Sure. Yeah. Uh, you know, yes, but but I also feel like, you know, and and you know, eventually we'll probably do a Scorsese film, but uh, I never feel like he's trying to glamorize that, though. Yeah, that's true. Like, like he he is. I mean, he is showing you that it's totally toxic, but he's also kind of showing you that eh, you know maybe you shouldn't be this. Yeah, that's that's totally fair. Yeah. Uh, who knows, but, uh, whatever. It's time to go watch Marvel movies. <laughs> it, I, watching that did make me want to watch, uh, Infernal <laughs> Affairs. I, I would be interested <laughs> to see the original version. Right. Especially because it's an hour shorter. <laughs> <laughs> like, that the Departed is, is two nice... and a half hours long. It's insane. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's not as long as The Irishman, though, so. That's true. <laughs> Which, you know what, I like that movie as, as you know, very much. Uh, you know, and, and I sat through it all in one sitting, unlike when I watched, uh, you know, four-hour Justice League, so. All right. That's, yeah. that's, that's a good sign. Yeah. Uh, uh, so the, the, did you see anything about uh, the sequel to The Witches of Eastwick? Uh, I did not. I just know that it exists. There, there was a uh, in two thousand two. They tried to make a TV series that was a sequel to the movie. Oh, okay, uh, and and it starred. Uh, I, I forget who played the the three witches, but they were all like sort of TV. Like I think Marsha Cross maybe from Desperate Housewives. Kelly Rutherford was was in it as well, and and I forget who the third one was. Um, but it, but I'm pretty sure it had, uh, the kids from the end all grown up. 
Uh, okay. And one of and one of them was played by Chris Evans. Really? Yes. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I I, I, I was were... looking at. No, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say I, I was looking at the IMDb page for for the Witches of Eastwick, and it's got you know the followed by section, right. uh, and I just saw a picture of baby Chris Evans from two thousand two, and I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they made a pilot, and it never went further. I don't I don't even know if it ever aired. I know that there was a Eastwick. TV show uh, from probably mid 2000s, 2010 around that era. Yeah, uh, but I, I don't think it followed the movie. I just think it took the like basic premise. Uh, uh, but it, but it was not a sequel, I believe. Right? Yeah, but, that was like yeah. a, re- a remake or or spiritual yeah. thing. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, <all> right. <laughs> Uh, Uh, is there anything that's bringing you some joy at all you know we we talked about richard jenkins uh i actually watched another movie with richard jenkins uh this past weekend uh we watched kajillionaire uh which stars uh evan rachel wood and uh, gina rodriguez and richard jenkins and uh deborah winger um and it was it was so weird it was (laughs) it was like i didn't know what to expect from it but it was it was just strange but i loved it it was really good i've i've never heard of this yeah like uh, Evan Rachel Wood and, and Deborah Winger and Richard Jenkins are uh, basically like con artists uh, okay. who are are also extremely poor uh, and they just go around like like grifting people uh, coming up with different scams and then Gina Rodriguez sort of gloms on to them uh, when they're on an airplane and then things things fall apart. And it's it's touching and it's hilarious and it's really fucking weird. Hmm. Um, but yeah, it's it that's that's probably the thing that has made me the happiest this week <clears throat> is just like like watching this movie with no expectation and then just being completely delighted by it. That's always a, a nice thing, you know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, was that uh, streaming anywhere? Yeah, that that was on HBO Max. Okay, yeah, maybe I'll check it out. Yeah. Oh, also the yeah. the finale of Big Brother was last night, and uh, <laughs> uh, I was happy with who won. <laughs> it was a really uh, good season. <clears throat> of of all the things that that you <laughs> that you enjoy, and and I'm not judging you at all, but but of all the things, that's always the one that surprises me the most whenever you remind me of it <laughs> it is unexpected <laughs> I, I no one is more surprised than I am at how much I love Big Brother <laughs> uh, what's what's making you happy this week uh, so 
uh, the, the the first minor thing is that the the newest uh, season of Taskmaster has, has started up again. Nice. Uh, and that makes me uh, delightfully happy. Uh, but the biggest thing uh, is that uh, this week a comic book came out. Uh, and it features my first ever letter to the editor. Uh, really? Published in the letter column. <laughs> wow. What comic? Uh, uh, Echo Lands number two. The uh, J.H. Williams Hayden Black uh, series from Image. Nice. Uh, I don't know if you've uh, read the first issue or not. Or I have I have not. I've, I've seen pages from it and it looks beautiful. <laughs> It is absolutely gorgeous. That that is pretty much its its strongest suits. But but it was a good read as well. Uh, so much so that after I read it, I said, you know what? I am gonna write them a letter. <laughs> <clears throat> I am forty three years old. I have been reading comics since I was four, uh, and this is the first time ever. That I wrote to a comic book column. That's that's so cool. And they published it. <laughs> and they published it. Yeah, that's uh, awesome. They also uh, the the response that that's in the comic. They also emailed me back and and uh, with the response. <laughs> oh wow! Uh, so like I was like, oh well, I guess maybe they're not going to publish it. Now. Who knows? Uh, but then they did. <laughs> nice. Uh, and I was very excited to see that. That's great. Congratulations. Uh, thank you. It's the nerdiest fucking thing, but it made me happy. <laughs> <laughs> I I saw um, a couple issues ago uh, in I think the six sidekicks of Trigger Keaton uh, yes. that our friend that our friend Jason had a letter and some fan art published, and it yes, made me gi- it made me giddy. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, that's, uh, so, so, uh, I'm not gonna talk publicly about what happened, but, but, uh, he, he had a rough time a couple months ago. Yeah. Uh, and I think that issue came out, like, a week after, like, you know, one of the, the one not-so-great things really happened to him. Gotcha. Uh, and it just, it made me happy, and I, like, took a picture of it when I saw it, and I was like, hey! Yeah, I was like, I was real excited. That's excellent. Uh, and uh, we, uh, I don't know if we can call him a friend, but uh, we know a guy named Derek. Yeah. Uh, who uh, who gets uh, lots of letters published. Right. Uh, but, but he's a letter whore. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of how I feel, too. Using his kids <laughs> to get, get pictures and, and letters published. <laughs> He's on yeah, notice sometimes. as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> I don't know. I like Derek, but he's, he can be a bit much at times. Yeah. <laughs> I don't uh, I don't really no. know him. I'm sure he's fine. He, yeah, he's he's perfectly fine. He's he's a happy dude. Uh, <laughs> uh you know, good for him living his best life. Yeah. Uh, All right. Fine. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, I was just really excited. And also, you know what? I would just recommend Echo Lands because it's amazing. Nice. Yeah, I thought uh, I, was, I was trade waiting that one, I think. Yeah. 
which I don't know how that's going to read because it's all in landscape. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, I'm interested to see how they they do that if they're going to print it landscape because uh, trades that are done that way are kind of unwieldy. <laughs> yeah, uh, but yeah. I mean, it is it is all landscape and all double page spreads. So it is a very wide comic. Yeah. <laughs> and, and sometimes uh, those spreads are like one panel. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, you know what? Uh, I will recommend just based on, on the strength of, of J.H. Williams art alone. And, and this is no offense to, I think, Dave Stewart is the colorist on it. Yeah, uh, but they're putting out. Uh, so they put out the regular issue, and then a month later they put out the raw edition, which just features J.H. Williams original art. Uh, and just if you love art, that would be the one I would highly recommend. That's awesome. Yeah, <clears throat> I will check that out. All right, I need I need new series to read. Uh, that that's one I would recommend. Excellent. Uh, you know what? I'm just just to, to filter out all the the happiness that we're talking about here. Uh, I would just like to say, fuck nonstop Spider Man. <laughs> <laughs> fuck that fucking comic and its stupid fucking face. <laughs> wow, why? I, oh man. Uh, I I had been reading it and it's not a great comic, but you know, Chris Pacello art and it's kind of a fun concept yeah uh, but this last this last issue was the last issue uh and Bicello only did like two pages in it and uh, uh ended on a cliffhanger with hey we're leading into a new series uh, which just reminded me of all the bullshit that you and I have talked about about the Marvel movies themselves yeah uh, and it can as a comic go fuck itself <laughs> <clears throat> oh that's exciting <laughs> yeah you got a movie for us i sure do <laughs> all right <laughs> um <clears throat> yeah i i have a few a few options um the first one you may have already watched uh i would okay. actually be kind of kind of surprised if you haven't watched it already um, have you watched Malignant already? I have. Okay, alright, then I will pick um, something else. Um, you know what? <clears throat> I'll do it again. You sure? Because, yes. Cause okay. I watched it, and, and I feel like it may be one of those things I need to give a second shot. Okay. And also... I would fucking love to talk to somebody about it. Okay, all right. Because <laughs> nobody else that I know has seen it, <laughs> and I think it needs to be discussed. Okay, all right. So yes, yeah. I mean, I, 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 I know by the time this comes out, it will no longer be on HBO Max, but uh, right. But it'll be there <laughs> for both of us. So all right. No, yeah. Awesome. Let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, you know, I, I don't know anything about it other than uh, I think the screen that I see every time I open HBO Max. <laughs> but I feel but I feel like I've heard interesting things about it. So so yeah, let's go ahead and do that. 
yeah no uh this will be very interesting to talk about and whatever you do uh do not learn anything about it between now and when you watch it okay that shouldn't be a problem okay all right (laughs) (laughs) well that's exciting i'm excited your your reaction to that pick was was not what i was expecting so that's awesome (laughs) yeah no i I am looking forward to this episode now. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So we will do that next week then. Sounds good. Talk to you then. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to the Viewmasters. You can subscribe to the show directly at view.guttertrash.net or at iTunes and leave us a review. Visit view.guttertrash.net for email information and links to Facebook and Twitter. We'll see you next time on The Viewmasters. Masters.